Happy Wednesday to everybody as we're kicking out to you the Bama flavor here from the magic city of Birmingham. How to show on the streets, number one form for Crimson Tide. News, notes, and information that being in my own words with yours truly, Stephen Smith of Touchdown Alabama Magazine. Excited to have all of you tuned into the show on this evening. We are bringing you the show through YouTube. Speaking of the channel, go ahead right now, give a thumbs up on the show, like the show up right now hit that subscribe button turn all of those notifications on so that way you get all the coverage that you need on your favorite program that being the crimson tide not only are we bringing this to you through YouTube, but we also got you covered here on all forms of social media, which that includes Twitter and Facebook. So all my Twitter people out there, all my Facebook people out there streaming the show to you as well. The show presented to you, brought to you by WeOwnTheFourthQuarter.com. That is WeOwnTheFourthQuarter.com. If you haven't done so, go ahead right now and copy that four-finger bling necklace, four-finger bling jewelry, showing that support to Coach Saban. The University of Alabama, the student athletes, and the tradition the Crimson Tide has in owning and or dominating the fourth quarter. So check them out right now. We own the fourth quarter.com. We got a lot to get to, a lot to touch into, a lot to discuss, to dive into to have a conversation on today and we want you the fans being a part of the conversation and you can do this by calling 205-448-1358 the number to dial to let your opinion be made known on the show 205-448-1358 and one more time 205-448-1358 we appreciate you the fans you know having the patience with us as we had a couple of earlier show a couple of early shows in the last recent airings here but we're back today 6 p.m central time giving you the full on alabama crimson tide football action as always we got that daily super chat go of 75 dollars 75 dollar daily super chat go and you guys have done an incredible job of showing us the love showing us the support here on the channel i believe that's jimmy clay who's already getting us started with that 25 dollar super chat appreciate that from our own Jimmy Clay getting the ball rolling here on the show. Gotta shout out my man John Ivory one time in that production studio doing his thing there on the ones and twos. But we start tonight's conversation off with this. On uh, yesterday, I celebrated turning 28 years young. I appreciate the love that everybody was able to show me on social media, Twitter, Facebook, those types of things. I had a great time with my family on my 28th birthday. But while I was while I was getting my party on, uh, an Alabama wide receiver was going through a very unfortunate situation, and that Alabama wide receiver was none other than John Mechie. And uh, this was a day where. You know, I thought that, okay, birthday celebration, fun with family, food, quality time. Maybe this will be a day where I'm not overly bombarded with Alabama football news. Do I enjoy covering the Crimson Tide? Do I enjoy getting you the fans the best in information? You know, that I thought this would be one day where maybe I could slightly get away without much Alabama football news, but not so fast. Before I leave the house, got this, got this strange post here. On Twitter, and people were, you guys were all over social media wondering, you know, what's going on with John Mechie? He is wilding on Twitter. He is tweaking on Twitter. Something is going on with John Mechie. And of course, there was this one particular Twitter 
person, this Twitter uh, viewer here that had some pictures from, uh, you know, Mechie's Twitter and his Snapchat accounts both being hacked on social media. And of the pictures that were on there, some of these pictures indicate, you know, some activities that I, from being around John Mechie, I've never pictured John Mechie to be involved in any of these things. There was a picture of some marijuana involved, some white cherry gelato marijuana being involved. There was a bottle of lean involved in one of the pictures. There was a picture of, uh, I guess it was, it was a picture of John Mechie or somebody favoring John Mechie looking spaced out on the picture, like he was high on the picture. There was one where, you know, Met, there was one where there was some, uh, some language there being used toward Coach Saban and... Uh, of course, there were two tweets that one was, you no know, Najee Harris, former Alabama running back, saying, yo, the boy Mechie got hacked. Somebody check his account. Mechie got hacked. And then Mechie himself comes out and he says, yo, my Twitter got hacked. My Snapchat got hacked. It's still not up. It's still not functioning properly. There was even a Vanderbilt player who came on Twitter and said, look, this ain't Mechie. I know John Mechie. I know the man that he is, the character that he is, the quality of a person that he is. This is not him. Somebody really hacked him. Somebody really did him dirty. You know, this is not Jonathan Mechie. This is not the Mechie that I know. So, you know, me personally, just seeing this happen to uh, this young man from Brampton, Canada, on yesterday, me being around Mechie, having the chance to interview uh, the young man, this is nothing of his. This is this is not his character. This is something that I, I know he would not do. He would not be involved in. He would not uh, be engaged in. And uh, to me, uh, this was nothing that Alabama fans should be worried about or concerned about. I know a lot of you were highly on social media wondering what's going on with Mechie. This is not like him. He doesn't do this. He doesn't act like this. He doesn't conduct himself in this manner. You know, coming off a national championship, just got his first ring with the Crimson Tide. We are so, you know, as people excited about what he's going to be able to do coming up this year as a junior at the wide receiver position and taking on even more of a leadership role. This is not how Mechie acts. So, you know, I heard and got from a very close source or a couple of close sources to the situation that Mechie's accounts were hacked, his Twitter, his uh, Snapchat were both hacked. And uh, this is kind of a situation where you uh, – you don't give your passwords to certain people. I know a lot of times as athletes, whether you're, whether you're in football, basketball, baseball, you may have one of your teammates or one of your friends that say, hey, bro, hand me your phone, let me see your Snapchat. Now, I'm not saying one of his teammates hacked him. I'm not saying that's the case at all. I don't believe that's the case. I'm just saying that in general, you know, you may have friends, you may have people within your circle that say, hey, bro, let me see your phone. Let me see your Snapchat, what you got going on on Twitter. Let me let me get your phone so I can check my stuff. And while they check their stuff, they probably have the passwords to your stuff, and they get in and hack your stuff. I mean, this has happened very uh, easily. This is something that's very common to see this happen. So that's why, as athletes, as people in general, you got to be very careful about who you give your phone to, who you give your passwords or your passcodes to, different accounts to. You know, don't leave your passwords laying around. Uh, this could be a situation where 
you know, Mechie was already maybe logged into his Snapchat or logged into his Twitter and left his phone somewhere and somebody got a hold of it and went crazy with it. A number of different things could have happened. But the, the, the main gist of this is in today's day and age, you are to be very careful about who you allow to have your phone, who you are allowed to have access to your accounts because social media is big to a lot of people. I know just for me personally, and I don't really, I don't dabble a whole deal in social media. I have my Facebook to be around my family, to to check to see how my uncles and aunts and cousins and different intermediate family members are doing. I have my Twitter for Touchdown Alabama purposes where I'm writing articles or sharing articles or posting articles or making statements, comments, or getting information from credible sources. So that's where my Twitter is used for. I don't in particular use my Instagram or my Snapchat all that much, but I said all that to say this, social media plays a big role in a lot of lives of student athletes, of professional athletes, and just we as everyday people in general. So that's why it is highly important to you know not allow your, your cell phone, not allow your computer, not allow any of your devices that you have to be in the wrong hands so that they so that your account could be hacked or so that you know other people can gain access to your account, access to your passwords, because this is the first time where we have seen a prominent Alabama football player, especially at wide receiver in a very highly profile position to have this happen to them. I mean, we, we, we never saw this to a Julio Jones. We never saw this to an Amari Cooper. We never saw this to a Calvin Ridley, a Jerry Judy, a Devontae Smith, who just recently won the Heisman Trophy, a Jalen Waddle. the list goes on. We, we've never seen this type of situation, incident, uh, happen to a, a player and a young man of John Mechie's caliber. So for this to happen, it is shocking. For this to happen, it is uh, surprising. For this to happen, it is a disappointment to the, to the individual that chose to hack you know, John Mechie's account. It's just not right. But, you know, at the same time, you know, like I mentioned, you know, this is not – this is not how John Mechie acts. We know this. We know he's a man of high character, of high quality, of high esteemed, of high class, and he's trying to, you know, rectify the situation. And hopefully with this happening, it will help him, uh, you know, understand, hey, I'm a highly profiled athlete. I carry a lot of cachet around my name. I carry a lot of weight around this program. So I have to be even more uh, conscious and cognizant of, uh, you know, not having my phone, not having my devices in the wrong places because I can't afford for my stuff to get hacked. I can't afford for my things to get tampered with. I can't afford for, you know, my, you know, personality, my person to be taken advantage of or for, you know, my name to be evil spoken of like that because I mentioned this, you know, again, you know, upon this information getting on Twitter, you had a lot of U.S. fans going, this is not John Mechie. Like, what is happening? Like, I, I, I never seen this out of him. I've never seen posts like this. I've never seen tweets like this. I've never seen Snapchats like this. You know, a well-reserved guy. I mean, even when you bring him up to press conferences, he's well-buttoned up. He's well-mannered. He, you know, answers questions the right way. He has never given up off a vibe to where you would have to be concerned about him he has never given off a vibe to where you are eerie about him or you feel you know negative about him or you feel suspicious so seeing 
know, this happened. I hate it for Mechie. You know, hopefully he can get, you know, better protected passwords for his account, better protected, you know, codes on his cell phone, better protected codes on, on his laptop. So hopefully this will be, you know, a wake up to him on the uh, magnitude that I carry as a college athlete getting ready to one day, you know, have a pro career. I got to be even more mindful of the circle of people I have around me, but more so than that, I gotta be more mindful of who do I allow to have my phone? Who do I allow to be on my computer? Who do I allow to have uh, my passcodes, my passwords, things? of that nature but you know the information that came out on tuesday john mechie's twitter account his Insta, his snapchat account were both hacked there were some crazy things that happened but uh nothing to be overly concerned about if you're an alabama fan mechie's gotten to the bottom of it of course um you know Najee harris and you know other teammates reached out Teammates, current and former, have reached out to him, uh, making sure he's okay, making sure he's good. Even a, a Vanderbilt player who came out in defense of Mechie, understanding that this is not this young man's character. He doesn't pop off like that. He doesn't roll like that. He doesn't jive like that. He doesn't vibe like that. So we, we, we all know that this is not something that John Mechie would put out there of his own doing. But he's got that uh, completely under control and is rectifying uh, the situation here as we speak. But as as we take our first break here on the show, don't touch that dial. Just getting started here. Upon our return, we go to the phone lines where we take your thoughts, your comments, your questions, your concerns, your phone calls. We chatted up with you, the Alabama fans, right after this. You're watching In My Own Words with Stephen M. Smith, brought to you by We Own the Fourth Quarter. Get your four-finger bling necklace today by visiting weownthefourthquarter.com. Throw them foes up. Sports fan deserves the proper representation. Whitwill Sports introduces to you the title towel. Wave that title towel in the air like you just don't care in support of Nick Saban and the Alabama Crimson Tide. Only $9.99 and it lasts a lifetime. Head on over to WhitwillSports.com and get your title towel today. Remember the taste of Grandma's delicious sweets? Emily's Heirloom Pound Cakes brings back those precious memories with just one bite. Each cake made from scratch. They make the perfect dessert to share with family and friends for any occasion, and ordering is easy. Visit Emily's HeirloomPoundCakes.com. Click the online store and shop. Then pick up your fresh cake at the kitchen in downtown Homewood. Order yours online at Emily's HeirloomPoundCakes.com. Emily's Heirloom Pound Cakes, making memories from scratch. And we are back in, folks, on a Wednesday, number one form for Crimson Tide football news in my own words with yours truly, Stephen Smith of Touchdown Alabama Magazine. And we're going to go to the phone lines to get your reactions to, you know, John Mechie having his social media account hacked on Tuesday or whatever else that's on your mind to discuss with me on today, 205-448-1358. That's the number to let your voice be heard on the show, 205-448-1358. And one more time, 205-448-1358. Call segment brought to you by the Blue Wrench Gang. We take a call right now. You're live on the show. What's going on? Uh, nothing much. This is my first time calling. Congratulations, and, man. Um, Welcome in. Found y'all doing the middle of the season, and I love everything y'all doing, you and Je Justin and everybody. My question was, uh, is about the coaching staff. How many more hiring 
are we expecting for um, Nick Saban? Uh, you know, how close are they to fitting the, the coaching staff? But, well, right now at this point for the on-field staff, it, it, it's, it's done. The on-field staff is done. Uh, Coach Saban made five new hires, four of them on offense. So, Bill O'Brien is here as the offensive coordinator and quarterbacks coach. Doug Marone is here as the O-line coach. Robert Gillespie is here as the running, as the running backs coach. Jay Graham is here as the tight end slash special teams coach. And the fifth guy is the one on defense as Jay Valet replaces Carl Scott as the corners coach. So, the on-field staff has been finalized five new coaches in. Ah, oh, that's good, Dan. That's good, Dan. Man, it's just gravy with them. Whoever get on as an analyst. <laughs> that's true. I mean, that, you, um, Steven, yeah? that, that, that's true. You, you leave off who do you get as an analyst, and, and that'll be interesting to see, you know, who does Coach Saban target. There's a lot of great candidates out there, a lot of coaches that want to come to the rehab and work with Nick Saban, coach with uh, Coach Saban, and get their careers back up on the right feet, on the right foot. So we'll see. But appreciate that call right there. Absolutely appreciate that call starting us off here on the show. We take our next call of the evening. You're live on the show. What's going on? Hey, man, how you doing? Doing well on yourself. I'm doing good, man. I'm doing good. I want to say roll tide. I'm calling from Arkansas, and uh, I want to tell you, uh, y'all do a good job at uh, what y'all do. And I just want to talk about, you know, I appreciate you bringing that point up about Clemson here about, I think maybe about a week ago. When you know there was, you know, was, po- you know, was supposed to been they supposed to been take some illegal substance, and you and you was right. If it was Alabama, I mean, it would have been over everywhere, you know. Uh, and 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 I, people hardly ever talk about it. I mean, it, it was ridiculous, you know. Every little thing that Alabama does, you know, you know, they people want to put that in the spotlight, you know. But other other teams in the country can do things, you know. It's not it's not shown that much. And, and uh, also, uh, I got to ask a question about uh, Henry Tortor. Uh, if he, if they able to pick him up this year, uh, will he be able to play this year? Now, for, for Toa Toa, if if the, if the NCAA rules faithfully or rules in favor of the one-time transfer rule, which is coming up in April, Toa Toa would be able to transfer. But then Saban also would have to work with Greg Sankey in the SEC because the league has its own rule of you can't transfer within the conference and play immediately unless you have your degree. And if Toa Toa has his degree, then that's fantastic. If not, then Saban has to work with Coach with Commissioner Sankey to get him cleared. There's a whole channel that he has to go through. But one thing's for certain is Saban is guiding the Toa Toa family through this. The family wants Henry to play. You know, one season, and he's going to be off to the NFL. So Saban is attacking. He, he wants to go get Toa Toa. He is intrigued by this young man in the portal. He's going to have to navigate the whole thing with the NCAA and the SEC. But if one coach could navigate it, it would be Coach Saban, absolutely. Yeah, okay. Yeah, I was just checking on that because uh, I, mean, I know we got some guys, if we ha- don't get him, we got some guys that can cover the spot, but – if you get him, man, you might you match him with Christian him and Christian Harris, man, you talking about a the top dual I mean, the top linebackers in the country, hands down, you know. I mean, absolutely, and that's a point that I've been stressing for a minute now. It's this is not saying that Shane Lee and uh and Jalen Moody and Alakaho and other guys that are already on the roster aren't good enough. This is just saying when you have a guy with big experience in the SEC 
Toa Toa started 23 games, a two-year starter at Tennessee. He's got massive experience. He's got extremely huge production. You don't pass on that type of player. You don't pass on that. You, you, you go out there and you try all that you can to get that guy if you can get him. But, man, we appreciate that call right now. Buddy calling from Arkansas talking about one Henry Toa Toa. We appreciate that call coming in. We take our next call. You're live on the show. What's going on? Hey, Stephen, how are you? Doing well on yourself. I'm doing all right. Uh, I wanted to talk about this John Messi uh, snap. Thing, or what, what? What's it called? Snap, snap, snap. snap Snapchat, yeah. Yeah. I, I'm not so certain of how this whole thing works or nothing, but I'm a little bit concerned. I wanted to get your thoughts on it. Uh, if someone hacks his account, and I forgive me, I didn't hear everything that you were saying. I got some machinery going on in the back earlier. Uh, but uh, if something was going on with his account, does that mean that somebody that he knew would have been able to, to take it? I mean, that was some pretty strong allegations that was going on there. It could have been it, – it could have very well been somebody he knew. It could have been somebody he gave a password to. Like I said, you got to be very careful about who you allow to have your phone or have your computer or who you, or who you, allow, to, who you allow your password or your passcodes to get in the hands of because you don't really know what's on the mind of people nowadays. I mean, like I said – I wouldn't think it would be a teammate. I highly doubt it would be a teammate, but it could be somebody in a, you know Mechie's friendship circle. It could be somebody that plotting on Mechie. I, I don't know what the case may. I know I don't know what the case may have been, but one thing I do know from being around Mechie, from interviewing Mechie, those are not his actions. I, I know that he would not have put this out here on his own doing, on his own peril. So, to me, it, it just goes back to you, you got to be very careful of who you allow to uh, have access to your stuff. Right, right. And, and, and I, I don't think he's stupid enough to, to put it out on his own. But I think the, the question I have is, is he really smoking that stuff, or is this just somebody that's just trying to make up a whole bunch of nonsense just to get Tim off his game? Because, like you said, we never heard anything like this with Julio or Larry or uh, uh, Devontae or anybody like that. And all of a sudden, we got stuff like this just all of a sudden just popping out. So, you know, I hope he's not on that stuff and really thinking that way and maybe just having someone else tweet Twitter form or whatever. I'm sorry. I keep forgetting which one it is. Uh, but I hope that's not what's going on because uh, we don't really need no off-season distractions right now. Absolutely. And I don't th- – I don't think I don't think nothing negative is going on with Mechie. He has never uh, given off that vibe. This is probably a situation where somebody playing a prank or somebody, you know, really, you know, just doing something that they had no business doing, 
and Mechie's trying to rectify the situation. But if you're a Bama fan, this is nothing to be uh, scared of or nervous of because, like I said, being around Mechie, he doesn't give off that vibe at all. So I, I know he's just as hurt as everybody else is. But we definitely appreciate that call right there and concern for Alabama wide receiver John Mechie, which, like I said, once again, I'm pretty sure he's definitely, you know, changing passwords, changing passcodes, changing phones. You know, he's probably buying a whole new phone right now and trying to get us far away from that situation as possible. But as you continue to get your thoughts in, 205-448-1358, and I'm going to call in to be a part of the show, 205-448-1358. I'm going to leave my final thought here on the whole situation. Be, be, my final thought on the whole situation is keep a firm grip of who your inner circle is. That's why you see in, in a lot of these rap songs right now, My Circle Small, Keep Them Squares Out Your Circle, you know, all these different rap songs that are out here right now that have been out for quite some time. Keep a firm grip on who you allow in your, in your inner circle because some people are there for you, genuinely, and then some people are there for what they can get out of you. So you got to decipher which one are you bringing into your domain. Are you bringing in who's here for you? Or are you bringing in somebody that's trying to get something out of you? So that's the big advice there coming from yours truly. But we take a break right now on the show. Upon our return, we get into an interesting conversation. Is Nick Saban in the prime of his coaching career? I know he's 69 years old. But is Nick Saban officially in the prime of his coaching career? We'll talk about the GOAT after this. You know what we do at the start of the fourth quarter. We throw them foes up. But now you don't have to wait until the fourth quarter. Get your four-finger bling necklace at weownthefourthquarter.com. It's the first and only logo that captures the essence of all Crimson Tide players and fans as we represent the legendary Alabama football fourth-quarter dominance. Get your four-finger bling necklace right now at weownthefourthquarter.com. Get yours today and stun on them haters. Touchdown Alabama Magazine is Alabama football's premier publication. A subscription to Touchdown Alabama Magazine is the perfect gift for any Alabama fan. For exclusive news and information, recruiting updates, a free annual print magazine, and more, go to touchdownalabama.com and click join. Only $7.95 per month or pay $74.95 for a full year subscription. That's a yearly saving of $20. Go to touchdownalabama.com today and roll tide. And we are back in, folks, from the break on a Wednesday hump day. Hot to show on the streets here. Coming to you from the magic city of Birmingham in my own words. Yours truly, Stephen Smith of Touchdown Alabama Magazine. And got to give a shout-out to DeMarco Brooks. DeMarco Brooks donating that $10 with the Super Chats. Appreciate the love there coming from DeMarco Brooks. Helping us out here on TDA. Donating into the Super Chats right there. But as we get back into... And as we get into an interesting conversation here, and what's cool is I got this topic or I took some questions from a few you know, fans the other day on yesterday, and, and a question that was brought to my attention was Coach Saban uh, officially being in the prime of his career. And I thought about that would be a really interesting call topic, well, interesting topic in general. So when I mean, look at Coach Saban, 
is Nick Saban officially in the prime of his coaching career? Now, honestly, you look at his age, you see he's 69 years old, so quite naturally you would say no, he would be on the backslide of his career at 69 years of age. But after winning the national championship, after getting his seventh title, putting him over the legendary Paul Bear Bryant, and in doing it the way he did it, which was enduring COVID and um, being able to navigate the team through a 10-game conference-only schedule, playing all SEC opponents, uh, being able to endure having coaches miss games because of COVID, having players miss games because of COVID. He himself missed a game because of the virus. Despite all of the roadblocks that he had to endure, Saban still ends with a national championship. And not only that, he parlays that success into signing his best recruiting class ever on paper within his 14 years at the program. Now, of course, this recruiting class has to put in the work on the field, but on paper, best recruiting class he's ever brought in. And on top of that, the way he was able to quickly replace five coaches. Think about that. He lost Steve Sarkeesian. He lost Kyle Flood. He lost Charles Huff. He lost... Jeff Banks, he lost uh, Carl Scott, and he's able to replace, you know, all of those on-field coaches with the staff he's brought in now with Bill O'Brien, with Doug Marone, with Robert Gillespie, with Jay Graham, and with Jay Valet. So in, in all of these things, he was able to accomplish, you know, all of these things here. T- to me, to me, I think Saban is not only in the prime of his career, but I feel like he has opened that window of championships to at least get five more in here. I think he's opened that window to at least get five more national titles. Two things Saban is trying to do at this point. One thing he's trying to do is to to lengthen his coaching tree, is to widen his coaching tree to be as big, if not bigger, than guys like Bill Parcells and Bill Belichick, right? When you look at college football, all of the major D1 programs, they either have a former Nick Saban assistant as its head coach or a former Nick Saban assistant as one of the top assistant coaches. So looking at college football, the bulk of it is Nick Saban assistant. So he's trying to stretch out that coaching tree as wide as he possibly can. And then along with that, upon his career being done, upon him looking at Miss Terry and saying, baby, uh, we can call it a career. We can go home. I can eat all the Debbie cakes I want at the house. You know, I, 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 I can ride on my jet ski at the lake at the house. You know, before he looks at Miss Terry and calls, it, it's, it's, it calls it a career, he wants to widen out his reach of national championships to where there is a ginormous gap and we can definitively say no one's going to catch Nick Saban. I mean, it, it's already a gap as it is. We discussed Saban's got seven titles, and the next active coach close to him is Clemson's Dabo Sweeney with two. I mean, that's already a gap there as it is. And I remember Ryan Day, Ohio State's head coach, said, well, the gap between Alabama and Ohio State's closing in. Well, how could it be closing in when Alabama curb stomped you by 28 points? I mean, you got beat 52 to 28. I mean, you got a five-piece chicken meal with no sauce and no drink. So you got curb stomped by 28 points 
by Alabama. So how is that margin being closed? I don't understand the logic that Ryan Day was trying to come off with there. And he has no championship, national championship to his own name there. So the, 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 the gap is not closed at all. But the gap is already big when you look at Nick Saban right now. But if he was able to get, you know, five more titles, how much wider that gap is going to be there when you talk about him uh, being in his prime. And, and what's funny is, if you can remember this, going back to uh, – there have been a few coaches here in college football that people challenged Nick Saban. He, he could not, you know, beat these guys. And first and foremost, if you remember, when Urban Meyer was at Florida – People hailed Urban Meyer as the GOAT, right? Urban Meyer was the best thing since the Easy Bank Oven. He was the best thing since the Air Fryer. You know, Urban Meyer was looked at as the GOAT. Like, he had won two championships, 2006, 2008, and people are like, the gold standard in college football is in Gainesville, Florida. Nick Saban goes, okay, then. So, in the words of uh, Black Panther, he goes, okay, so that's your king? Okay, that's your king? Okay. So, Nick Saban goes, and not only does he dethrone Urban Meyer, but he pushes him. He runs him out of the conference. And then you had folks go, well, you know, uh, Gus Malzahn's the guy that can dethrone Nick Saban. I mean, he's beaten Saban every other year in the Iron Bowl. He always tends to give Saban and Alabama fierce competition every other year. Then Saban goes, okay, this is your king. I don't even have to beat Gus Malzahn. I can sit here and deal with COVID symptoms, let my let Steve Sarkeesian handle my lightweight, and Sarkeesian pushes Gus Malzahn out of the conference. As Malzahn is now coaching Central Florida now. He's just been hired at UCF. Then you have the talking heads go, no, 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 wait. Jim Harbaugh, that's the guy that can take out Coach Saban. Like, that's the guy. I mean, younger, fresher, had success in the NFL, took the 49ers to a Super Bowl. We know Nick Saban hasn't had any NFL success. So if we bring in, you know, Jim Harbaugh, he had success in college with Stanford and Andrew Luck, and he's going to go to Michigan and with his satellite camps, he's going to be the one to knock Nick Saban off the perch. Well, how has that worked for you? Uh, but Jim Harbaugh has, is 0-6 against Ohio State. He has yet to win a Big Ten championship. He has yet to even sniff the college football playoff. The experiment with Harbaugh at Michigan, not working there for the Wolverine faithful. And then you got Dabo Sweeney. Now, Sweeney and Nick Saban have had some interesting battles. I mean, I know the first championship matchup between Bama and Clemson. You know, Bama took that one. And then the second matchup with, with Deshaun Watson involved, Clemson took that one. They've had some interesting battles. But the last two years here, Clemson got to the national championship, lost to LSU, and then it didn't even make it to the title game this past season. It got put out by Ohio State in the semifinal round at the Sugar Bowl. So just kind of saying here that, you know, e e even the names that people have tried to put up to say, these guys are going to knock Saban out of the ring. Uh, they have not been able to knock Coach Saban out of the ring. And so, uh, you know, the question becomes, uh, how long can Saban continue to do this at a high level? Because right now he's showing no signs of slowing down, right? He's showing no signs that he is no longer having fun. He's still having fun in college football. He is still dominating every challenge. I, I mean, to me – 
it would have to take him having a season worse than his first year in 2007 where he went 7-6 and six. because he, he's always said if it, if it ever comes to a moment where I'm not as effective anymore, I can't you know, get the players to play the right way anymore, if I'm not making an impact anymore, then at that moment I feel like my job is done, let me go elsewhere. But right now, that, that, that I mean, that's just simply not the case. I mean, right now he's winning at an unbelievably high clip. He's still getting championships. He's still consistently in the conversation with Alabama to win national titles. I mean, even when there's a season where he may lose a, a game or two, he still has that fire. So for me, it would have to be a situation where it would be close if he would have a season that was close to his first year where he went seven and six. Whether it's him going seven and six again, or him going eight and five, or him have him having more than three losses. Him having more than three losses and him being way beneath the expectation of competing for a conference title and being in the running for the college football playoff. I feel like it would have to take a season like that to really ring the bell there of Coach Saban having thinking, okay, am I still cut out for this? Can I still do this? Can I still accomplish this the way I want to? Because right now it's the whole He's in a conversation that Michael Jordan was in when you talk about the Last Dance documentary. People always spoke on, you know, how long can Michael Jordan and the Bulls keep this up? How long can Phil Jackson continue to coach? How long can this team, you know, remain dominant? It was a question every single year. It's a question right now of Tom Brady in the NFL. How long can Tom keep playing? How long can Tom still be in league? I mean, for for goodness sake, he's 43 years old. He wants to play till he's 50. How long can Tom do this? So Nick Saban has put himself in the very same class of how long will Saban be able to coach at this type of a magnitude? Because, I mean, uh, you know, right now, not only do I feel like he's in his prime, but I feel like there are four to five, possibly even more championships down the road for him due to he has surrounded himself with young Thundercat, hotshot like coaches, but he's also got the veteran coaches around him also with uh, – Sal Sanceri and Charles Kelly and guys like Ben O'Brien who's got experience and guys like Doug Marone that have experience even coming from the NFL. So he's surrounded himself with youth as well as experience. He continues to hit the big names on the recruiting circuit of the 2021 class being today the biggest and best class he has ever brought in here. So to me, until he has a season where it's close to what he experienced his first year in here, Coach Saban definitely in his prime. And I can see that window being four to five to six more championships continuing for the 69-year-old, the greatest of all time head coach, that being Nick Saban. But we take a break right here on the show. Don't touch that dial here. Upon our return, we jump back into the call lines. We pick up your phone calls, your thoughts, your questions, your chats, your interactions right after this. Don't touch that dial. Call in right now as we're taking your calls up next on In My Own Words with Stephen M. Smith. Brought to you by We Own the Fourth Quarter. Visit weownthefourthquarter.com now to get your four-finger bling necklace. You know what we do at the start of the fourth quarter. We throw them foes up. 
But now, you don't have to wait until the fourth quarter. Get your four-finger bling necklace at weownthefourthquarter.com. It's the first and only logo that captures the essence of all Crimson Tide players and fans as we represent the legendary Alabama football fourth-quarter dominance. Get your four-finger bling necklace right now at weownthefourthquarter.com. Get yours today and stun on them haters. Touchdown Alabama Magazine is Alabama football's premier publication. A subscription to Touchdown Alabama Magazine is the perfect gift for any Alabama fan. For exclusive news and information, recruiting updates, a free annual print magazine, and more, go to touchdownalabama.com and click join. Only $7.95 per month or pay $74.95 for a full year subscription. That's a yearly saving of $20. Go to touchdownalabama.com today and roll tide. Thank you for tuning in. Show your support right now by clicking that like button. If you haven't subscribed, hit the subscribe button now and enable all notifications to make sure you don't ever miss any of the best Alabama football news, notes, and information right here on Touchdown Alabama. All right, people, we are back in from the break. Your folks on the number one ticket for Crimson Tide football news in my own words. George truly Stephen Smith of Touchdown Alabama Magazine. They got to shout out the man, Jimmy Clay, baby. Jimmy Clay, that $40 donation via the Super Chats, and he has hit. He has helped us hit that gold $75 right on the head. The daily Super Chat go. Appreciate Jimmy Clay. Appreciate uh, my man uh, DeMarco, DeMarco, DeMarco Brooks and everybody that has helped out the day via the Super Chats here, donating to us here at Touchdown. Alabama Magazine, appreciating the support, appreciating the love, appreciating the passion, appreciating you guys making us your show here on YouTube. But we get back to the phone lines right now, 205-448-1358, the number to call in to let your voice be heard on the show, 205-448-1358. We take a call right now, call statement brought to you by the Blue Rich Gang. You're live on the show, what's going on? Roll Tide, this is Tide Man calling in from Jackson, Mississippi. How you doing, brother? Tide Man, what's going on with you? Man, doing well. Trying to trying to negotiate this ice storm here. Hope everybody out there is being being safe and and careful in this weather, man, and praying Absolutely. for people sending out prayers for people that are struggling with loss of power and things like that, man. So let's be thankful for our blessings and uh pray and help help our neighbors in whatever ways that we can. And um Really love your question and really love how you're breaking this down. And I agree with you 100%. I, I think Nick Saban is indeed in his prime. I mean, he's coming off uh, the national championship where, where he, I, this was our largest margin of victory, right? Or was it Notre Dame? Did, what was the largest um, in national championship games of, of um, the largest uh, win, winning margin? I, I think it was this one, wasn't it? I think um, it was. It may have been. Notre Dame in twenty Notre Dame Notre Dame was close, but I believe this was the one right here. This was the one. So, the, so he's coming off, you know, his seventh national championship, the biggest winning margin of uh, of, of all the national championships, and he's like as you mentioned, he has <laughs> garnered the the highest ranked recruiting class in in college football history. Probably, he he is, he is indeed in his prime. He's sixty nine years old. I'm fifty two. Nick Saban is in – he's twice as good a shape as I'm in, you know. So he takes care of himself. And one thing I wanted to mention as far as greatness, and you and you brought up Michael Jordan, which is the comparison I was going to make. 
Um, one obviously winning, winning championships. Obviously, that's like the 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 hallmark of greatness. That's the, the standard that everybody's going to be measured by. But I also look at the thing that made Jordan great, in my opinion, and the greatest of all time, and in my opinion, the greatest that will ever play the game, is he had no weakness in his game. I mean, there was not a single flaw. I, I mean, he, he he had it all. He had the fundamentals. He had the athleticism. He had he had the, the, the uh, jump shot. He could drive. He could play defense. He could pass. I mean, there was just no weakness in his game. And I look at Nick Saban as a coach, and I, that's what I say about Nick Saban. There is no weakness in his game as a coach. I mean, he's the best recruiter in the game. He's the best development of talent in the game. He's he's arguably the best when it comes to X's and O's, making in-game adjustments. Best when it comes to giving you know time to prepare before an opponent. And then, as you mentioned about the assistants that come that come through his program, he makes he makes everybody around him better, just like Michael Jordan made everybody around him better. And so I would say, like you know, I've mentioned I think before to you that on my Mount Rushmore, the three that I at least the three that I put up there that I've struggled who my number four would be, but it's Muhammad Ali, it's Michael Jordan, and it's Nick Saban, because I just think that those three individuals, there was no weakness in anything they did. And they not only won, but they they, they were just, uh, they were unstoppable. They made everybody around them better. They they had the heart. They had the intangibles. Uh, you know, so I think, I think, yeah, Nick Saban is in his prime. I think we're going to roll on to national championship. Uh <laughs> Number nineteen this fall, you know I'm trying not not to get too cocky, but I tell you what, I we are just we're just getting better and better, stronger and stronger and stronger. So anyway, roll tide, brother. Appreciate what you do. Thanks for breaking all this stuff down for us, and everybody be safe out there. Roll tide, man. Absolutely appreciate Todd, man, calling into the show, and, and, and I echo his sentiment. Everybody, be careful out there. I know the weather has been crazy with the mixture of snow and ice and, and sleet and things of that nature. So definitely be safe out there traveling on the roads. We take a phone call right here. You're live on the show. Who, what's going on? What's going on? Coming from Harlem. How you feeling? Out? How you feeling, man? I'm doing good. I got a question about the raw receivers. You was talking about Missy uh, earlier. I heard about it. I'm curious to know what the raw receiver room is going to look like. Well, you got Mechie in the wide receiver room, absolutely. He's trying to be, you know, taking on that leadership role and being the primary target. But behind him, there is Slade Bolden, who is a, a good possession guy, can catch the football. You've got Xavier Williams, who is trying to break through and be a, a big-time playmaker himself. But then you have other guys. Uh, Javon Baker, is it finally the year for him? He came in last year as a freshman. Treshawn Holden, same deal. Thayu jones Bell. But then you got a crop of new freshmen in here that look to take over in Asia Hall, in Asia Hall, Ja'Cory Brooks, Christian Leary, and, and JoJo Earl. So one thing about it, Alabama is not short at all on receivers. And that that is one position group where – Having this spring for football is going to be fun to see which one of these guys can break through, get on this field, and really create some fun for whoever wins out at quarterback. I hear you. That's right. That's right. I appreciate you for taking my call. Harlem World, stand up. Album dropping soon. 
<laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. Got a great question about the wide receiver. It's, gonna be, it's a great receiver room. And like I said, there are so many positions that we as people, we are itching for spring football. We are itching to get back out there to practice, to Bryant-Denny Stadium, to look at, okay, who will be the guys that will emerge, step up, make plays, guys that we can circle, highlight, really dissect and being, you know, these guys are the guys that we can depend on to be big-time factors. But as you guys continue to get your calls in, 205-448-1358, that being the number two, let your voice be heard on the show, 205-448-1358. Interesting topic here is, uh, for me, I look at, you know, I, I look at uh, the, oh, yeah, Trent Richardson. My man, Trent, my boy Trent. So, Trent Richardson, Trent Richardson is back playing pro ball. Trent Richardson is back playing pro ball. He has actually signed with a team in Mexico. He's, he's, assigned, he's, he's assigned with the team, with the football league in Mexico. And, and I really hope this works out for him. I really do because he was excellent at Alabama. He was special at Alabama, next level at Alabama, five-star at Alabama coming from uh, Pensacola, Florida. And Trent was somebody of whom, prior to Derrick Henry, prior to Najee Harris, prior to other guys, he was the single-season rushing holder for the Crimson Tide in 2011 with 283 carries, 1,679 yards, 21 touchdowns. Uh, had the huge rushing score against LSU in the 2012 BCS title game off the 11 season. Alabama shutting out the Tigers 21 to nothing there in that matchup. He goes to the NFL, had a good, had a great rookie season with the Cleveland Browns, but the NFL just did not do, just it just did not work for Trent and. He bounced around different areas. He's been out of the league. He's been out of football for a great deal of time. So now with him getting back into the game with this league out of Mexico, my thoughts, my prayers, my hope is that he is able to create success again, carve success again. He's been at the NFL. He's been at the uh, the, the CFL. He did the whole, you know, American Alliance, the AAF League, which, in my opinion, dis, uh, disbanded way too soon. It was a really great product. And then, of course, now he's going to this league out here in Mexico. So big ups to the Trent. Hopefully he can create some success and some stability in his football life. But we take our next break here on the show. I'm going to touch that down because when we return, we get into one. Jaleel Billingsley, the Alabama tight end, he broke out a little bit last year. He snapped a little bit last year. Why is next season going to be even bigger for Billingsley? We'll talk about it after this. If you're an avid Alabama Crimson Tide fan and you love to flaunt it, then show your Alabama Crimson Tide support by grabbing the Alabama sneakers. They feature bold Crimson Tide graphics, so no one will be able to question where your allegiance lies. When you add these sweet sneakers to your Alabama Crimson Tide collection, go to stsfootwear.com and use the code TDALABAMA for $15 off your purchase. That's code TDALABAMA for $15 off your purchase. Go to stsfootwear.com and get your Alabama sneakers today. 
Touchdown Alabama Magazine is Alabama football's premier publication. A subscription to Touchdown Alabama Magazine is the perfect gift for any Alabama fan. For exclusive news and information, recruiting updates, a free annual print magazine, and more, go to touchdownalabama.com and click join. Only $7.95 per month or pay $74.95 for a full year subscription. That's a yearly saving of $20. Go to touchdownalabama.com today and roll tide. Thank you for tuning in. Show your support right now by clicking that like button. If you haven't subscribed, hit the subscribe button now and enable all notifications to make sure you don't ever miss any of the best Alabama football news, notes, and information right here on Touchdown Alabama. All right, folks, we are back into the action here on the hottest show on the streets, number one form for Bama football news. In my own words, yours truly, Stephen Smith of Touchdown Alabama Magazine, and as always, definitely want to continue to send our condolences, our thoughts, and our prayers to the family of Lorenzo Washington, former Alabama defensive lineman, 2009 BCS national champion, SEC champion, passed away on Sunday and still still hurts, still a very you know tragic, tragic loss to a young man, 34 years of age, left us you know way too soon, so definitely continue to show our our thoughts and, and well wishes to you know his mother, his daughter, just his entire family, uh, the family of Lorenzo Washington there. But also gotta remind you guys of our good friends at mybucky.ag. Mybucky.ag, latest sponsor here to TDA. So you feel fortunate, you feel lucky, you feel like you got the skills to pay the bills and wagering on these Alabama football games. You check out our guys at mybucky.ag. You sign up You make the right play today. You use the code TDALABAMA to get your deposit matched halfway all the way up to 1000 bucks. You can't beat it. MyBookie.ag. Check them out right now. Use the code TDALABAMA. Also, got to remind you guys of TDAWare.com. That is TDAWare.com. And the reason for my reminding you guys of this is, let's be honest with you. So, for all, for all of you fans still overjoyed with the Tides National Championship, check out our Championship Collection merch. Grab you an 18 of them things, folk, T-shirt, hoodie, or sweatshirt, as well as our Got 18 We Do shirts. Designs which feature all 18 championship years on the back. Head over to TDAware.com, that's TDAware.com, and go over a championship collection tab and get you that merch today, showing that support for Coach Saban, the University of Alabama, the student-athletes, and us here at Touchdown Alabama Magazine. But now we get into one, Jaleel Billingsley, the Alabama tight end who broke out last year, who snapped last year, especially in the last seven games of the season, Steve Sarkeesian started to go more so to big, number 19, and the 6'4", 230-pounder from Chi-Town, Chicago, did his thing in the 2020 campaign. But as good as he was last year, as good as he was down the stretch last year, he's going to have an opportunity to be even better this year. Even better, even bigger, and by better and bigger, I'm referring to he's going to have a chance to be launched onto NFL draft boards where Todd McShay, Mel Kuyper Jr., and all these other guys will be talking about him in essence to the 2022 NFL draft. And why do I feel this way? I feel this way because the hire that Alabama made in bringing in Bill O'Brien, 
The move to get Bill O'Brien on staff is going to pay dividends here for Billingsley. For Jaleel this past season, 18 catches, 287 yards for Billingsley. He had three touchdowns. Now, he made all of his catches count. Jaleel did. Very efficient. Of his 18 receptions, 14 of them went for either first downs or touchdowns. That's 77.8%. And when you talk about the last seven games from Kentucky to Ohio State, the last seven games, Billingsley, 17 catches, 274 yards, three touchdowns, and even showed against the Wildcats that, you know, Najee Harris is not the only brother that can hurdle defenders. Jaleel Billingsley had his hurdle going against Kentucky in that 66, in that 63-3 to three victory right there. Billingsley, three catches for 78 yards against the Wildcats. But getting back in now to how Bill O'Brien is going to help Jaleel is O'Brien, aside from quarterbacks, we all know he works well with quarterbacks, Tom Brady, uh, Deshaun Watson, Matt McGloin at Penn State, Christian Hackenberg at Penn State, but he works even better with tight ends. He is really, Bill O'Brien is really magical in getting the tight end position to pop. Whether he's been at Penn State, uh, New England, or Houston, the tight end position has either been the number one receiving option for his teams or the number two receiving option. But the tight end has been more than targeted under O'Brien. So at Penn State, those two years, he had Kyle Carter, he had Matt Lehman, he had Jesse James, and he had Adam Brenneman. And of, of all of, of those four guys, Carter, Lehman, James, and Brenneman, you know, all those guys – they combined for 17 uh, of the 44 touchdown receptions during O'Brien's time at Penn State. That's 38.6%. So near 40% of a touchdown pass is thrown by Matt McGloin or Christian Hackenberg went to the tight end position. It's big dividends right there. And then the trio of Carter, Lehman, and James, they all recorded at least 20 receptions at that tight end position under O'Brien for the Nittany Lions. When you look at the New England Patriots 2011, O'Brien's lone year as the offensive coordinator, you had Rob Gronkowski, who had 90 receptions for 1,327 yards and a team-high 17 touchdowns. And then prior to the unfortunate, tragic demise and death of Aaron Hernandez, he had 79 receptions that year, 79 for 910 receiving yards and seven scores there for the Patriots. When you look at the Houston Texans here, O'Brien had Ryan Griffin. He had C.J. Fedorowitz. So we had C.J. Fedorowitz. He had Jordan Atkins, and he had Darren Fails. And all of those tight ends, they totaled at least 20 receptions each during Bill O'Brien's time with the Houston Texans. So as we're seeing right here, he is really good coaching, mentoring, producing, getting the best out of that positional unit. And for you as Bama fans, the thought has always been, can we see more from the tight end room, right? Can we get more receptions? Can we get more yards? Can we get more touchdowns? Can we get more big plays from the tight end position? You guys are appreciating what the wide receivers can do. You guys are appreciating what the running backs can do out of the backfield. But the one thing you guys have wanted more of is can we get more numbers, more stats, more production, more big plays, more wow moments from 
the tight end room like you saw with O.J. Howard like you saw with Irv Smith. Can we get more of that from the tight end room? And I believe that Jaleel Billingsley, with his not only size, but his ability to run routes like a wide receiver, you're going to get a lot more of that. O.J. Howard was a first-round pick in the 2018, or the 2017, excuse me, NFL draft to the Buccaneers. And uh, Irv Smith was a second-round pick in the 2019 venue to the Minnesota Vikings. We, we saw both of those guys go high in their respective draft classes, and when you discuss Jim Billingsley, he has the potential, he has the capability to go just as high, to do just as well, to be just as productive, built off of how well, how exceptional, how good O'Brien is with tight ends, not just Bill O'Brien. Alabama's also brought in Jay Graham, who will work with tight ends also. And Graham, when he was at South Carolina, he put two guys in Rory Anderson and Justice Cunningham into the National Football League. So for me, if I'm Jaleel Billingsley and I'm seeing what Bill O'Brien has done, I'm hitting that dance by Fast Life Youngsters. I'm swag surfing because I'm about to catch a wave. I'm about to catch a serious wave. After seeing what O'Brien has done with the tight ends I just listed here, you're Jaleel Billingsley. I'm getting in that weight room right now. I'm getting in them drills right now. I'm doing all the practice that I'm doing because I'm seeing what this cat did with these tight ends, and I'm just as good, if not better. I'm about to catch a wave. I'm about to be big balling, big timing in the upcoming season here with the Crimson Tide. But as always, Bama fans, you want the best in news, notes, information, and coverage here on your favorite program, that being the Crimson Tide. You can get this by accessing the Touchdown Alabama Magazine app. You download it from your iPhone app store if you're rocking Team Apple. Google Play Store if you got the Android phone. For your audio listening needs, we got you right here, iTunes or Apple Podcasts. Spotify, Stitcher, Spreaker, Google Play, Overcast.fm, TuneIn Radio, or iHeartRadio. We got you covered. If the good and gracious Lord sees fit, I'll be back on Friday continuing the conversation that is all things Bama football. As, as always, Bama fans, you can purchase individual copies of Touchdown Alabama Magazine. Have those sent to your door. That link will be found in the description. We got to shout out Jimmy Clay again, baby. Jimmy with that $10 donation in the Super Chats. Appreciate Jimmy Clay for all that he does and all that all of you do and showing that support. That love, that fire for Crimson Tide football and for us here at TDA and the donations there be the Super Chats. But, like I said, if you purchase individual copies of TDA, have those sent to your door. That link in the description for the print magazine that's coming soon. The print magazine, you can get that by going to touchdownalabama.com. Click join, hit that subscribe button, become a subscriber, become a member today. That link is in the description. You can also become a member of a TDA you know, on YouTube. That link is in the description. And once you hit join and become a member, you can upgrade as you see fit there. Also, you can copy that four-finger bling necklace, four-finger bling jewelry, courtesy of weownthefourthquarter.com. You check out that link in the description as well. But until next time, folks, husbands love your wives. Wives appreciate and value those husbands. Children do those things the right way, the legitimate way to not be bored. You get you those three hearty meals a day, those three great laughs a day. Protect yourself. Protect the loved ones around you. You guys be safe out there. Until next time, I'm your man, Stephen M. Smith, and this has been In My Own Words. 